0: The Purifying Truths with A Star. It is a pleasure to have you all with us today. Today, we have Dr. Dawn Minge with us. For those of you who don't know, you are in for a treat today. Dr. Dawn is a special education teacher and an author. She's a phenomenal writer who has written a unique educational series. And what makes it so unique is that it's based on her personal experiences in real life with her family, students, and her friends. Welcome, Dr. Minge to Purifying Truths.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's a wonderful, wonderful to be able to talk to other people about my series.
0: Oh, thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure. You're more than welcome. We'll go ahead and jump right in. Tell us, please, what inspired you to teach?
1: Well, actually, uh, my mother was a kindergarten teacher for over 20 years, and when I started working on my AS, I was able to take a class called co-op, and you get credit for either volunteering or for whatever work you're doing. So I had two little children at that time, and I was able to take them into the classroom with me, and I volunteered in my mom's classroom and earned college credit.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You know, the author I get, Um, you know, you can write in your own little secret corner, but teaching you're basically on the front lines. You know, you don't get a chance to make a mistake or do something without an audience. So hats off to you for being a teacher. Thank you for all that you do. Um, So you decided that you wanted to be a teacher. You're inspired by your mom. And when did you know that you had that gift, not just to teach, but to teach those students that have cognitive delays?
1: You know, I really don't know how I got into special ed. Um, Once once I graduated, I actually was going to start with preschool. And I worked in a preschool for a little while and I didn't really like it because the little ones were there for like 12 hours. <laughs> so that was way too long. And then I think that someone suggested that I apply for an assistance position with the county who does special ed. And so I did, and I got a job as an assistant in a high school class. They had high school and junior high. And I had an amazing mentor. The teacher was was one of the best ones that we had. And she was really helpful in teaching me how to teach our students. I teach students with severe cognitive delays. And then I was moved to an elementary class. And that teacher was also um, very amazing. And she was very patient. And she taught me a lot. And then from there, I worked on my bachelor's while I was raising. I had three children at that point. And my husband was a well-done firefighter. So he was gone a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I did my homework like during my lunch break, you know, cause when you get home, you have three little kids, you know, mm-hmm. not studying anymore. But so I did that. And actually when I started working on my bachelor's, so it was, you know, quite a while ago, but when we did, I did distance learning because I graduated from Washington state university and I live in California. So okay. at that time it was, it was a new program and what they did was they videotaped the lectures so I would get VHS tapes, that's how long ago that was, of the lectures and I'd watch them and they would send the test to the principal at the elementary school that I worked, worked in and I would take my test, you know, in front somewhere in the office with him. And so that's how I started getting my bachelor's. I did it distance learning, you know, because I was working and I have little kids. And so when I graduated, uh, my parents and I and my family went up to Washington and I went through the graduation and it was, it was really amazing to be able to do that.
0: Wow. Let me tell you, I remember those VHS tapes. I remember (laughs) hats off to you because that (laughs) definitely shows dedication. I tell you, um, with small children as well. And so as you're on this journey, um, you're a teacher and, you know, you have the desire to help those with cognitive delays. Tell me how and why, uh, you know, teachers uh, don't get the, you know, most money. I, I don't know anybody who's gotten rich from being a teacher. So certainly you're not doing it because of the money. The salary is substandard. Um, but what is your why? Why? And how do you do it day-to-day? How do you not get overwhelmed?
1: Well, you do. You do. Um, you just have to um, take some time for yourself and some quiet time. And um, most most teachers, you know, we have a lot of behaviors. And, you're, you you know, you're trying to balance out. Like this year, we just started school. I have 16 students. They're from sixth grade. And our students go all the way up to the 22. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, you know, we have a span and I have multiple disabilities. Our students, I have autism and Down syndrome and visual impairment. Um, So everybody is buried in the classroom. So you're trying to balance everything out. I have five assistants. And so you're trying to figure out where a child should be in the classroom and what you should be doing with the child. And so sometimes in the middle of the night, it comes to you. And your problem is solved, and so you kind of never stop being a teacher when you're teaching. Mm. And, but the reward, of course, is that your, the child that you're working with is advancing in some in some way. It's not always going to be the same. Different different child a different child needs different things. Their families need different things, and it's just it's just being able to help someone else. That's what keeps you going.
0: Indeed, and definitely you are helping those that many of us um, dare venture out to help, but definitely desire to do so. Um, so Dr. Minch, please tell us what is the key message that you give to each of your students, understanding you have a wide um, variety of ages and and abilities.
1: Well, I, I have a PhD in curriculum instruction. And my dissertation was written on, we have federal goals and their transition goals. So we start working with our children from the age of 16 up. We teach them life skills, working in the community, we do workability. And that's really my mainstay. And so I want the students to know that they are valued, Mm -hmm. that they can contribute to the community, whether it's the school community, the outside community or their home. You know, that they that they are
0: valuable. You know, I think that's a very key message, not just for um, students with cognitive delays, but with students and people, all of us um want to know that we're valuable. And certainly um it's important. It's very important. So thank you for sharing that with your students. Now, Uh, Of course, being an author, I can't wait to get to this part. Uh, You are... The offer of a series, a series. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe a series. Um, The series is the Queen Bernita Educational Series. And you've won numerous awards. I believe the count was 41 international awards. Please tell me, what gave you courage in order to be transparent enough to write about your friends, your family, your life?
1: Well, Yeah, you really hit on something key, but it does take courage to put yourself out there. Um, Actually, it was an assignment while I was getting my credential. It was in a math class. She asked us to write a book, a math book, and a math game. So the original story was actually written about my students. It was called Queen Victoria. And we used it as a skit, and we traveled to the other elementary schools in the area. And my students would do a, a small skit. We got a grant from Cal Poly. And we did that for about three years, I believe. And then I would go back the next day and I would explain to the children that we did the skit for some of the behaviors, some of the disabilities and kind of introduce the general population, you know, to our students. And we had a wonderful time doing it. It was actually, there was an article put in the Exceptional Parenting Magazine long time ago about what we did. And so I was getting divorced and I wanted to do something for myself. and. So I decided to to publish the book. And so I named it after my grandmother, who was an astute businesswoman and a world traveler. And she was mm-hmm. the matriarch of our family. And so we became Queen Bernita's Visitors. And in the first book, I put in the children from our family, thinking, you know, they were little at the time. And, you know, it's a children's book and everybody would be, you know, they wouldn't worry about it. And as soon as I published it, and I went to self-publishing, I never tried to traditionally publish it, because all I was doing was publishing one book. That's all I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I immediately won first place in the Evie Award, which is a, self, it's a publishing company out of Colorado. And I started getting interviews, and we started talking about it. And then everybody was asking me, well, what, what's your next book? What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm not doing anything that was <laughs> you know? So then we decided that the queen was going to travel around her kingdom and was going to talk about the different areas because I love to travel. It came from my family, my grandmother, my mother, um, my, my father, my parents had a, we live in the mountains and I grew up in a small town in, the in Wrightwood, it's called Wrightwood in Southern California. And my parents had a sailboat in Oceanside for over like 25 years. So we spent a lot of time down there. And so there was a lot of adventure instilled in me. So we st- decided to do that. And so, One book has turned into 13 at this point. My 14th will be out in the next couple of months. And I just got through from a road trip because all of the adventures are based on my real adventures. So I have to go to the place and do everything that's in my book. So it's not just, oh, I get things off the internet and no, you know, we've actually done all of the things. And so that'll probably come out and probably after Christmas.
0: Wow. Amazing and super exciting. Oh my goodness. You know, it's one thing when you have the imagination and you know you can imagine what it's like to do this or do that or go here and go there. But you actually do it and then write about it. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Um for those of you that have not um read Queen Vernita's series. It is definitely a must-read. Not book one, book two, but all of them. You will not be able to put down. It's something you can share with your children, your grandchildren. Absolutely love it. So um, you kind of already explained. You didn't even plan for it to be a series. It just kind of evolved. Yeah. Now, did you ever imagine, like in your wildest dreams, that you'd be winning awards?
1: No, because when I started, I I didn't even think about Marketing it or anything, it was just okay. You know, it I, it took all of my bravery to publish it, and I had a lot of support from my coworkers because it, you know we'd worked together for twenty years, and you know we we're all good friends. So I had a lot of support from them. In fact, um, when I first started doing the interviews, they did the interviews with me. They were characters in my books, and that's one thing that did surprise me is that adults want to be in the book and the children's books. You're like, why does an adult but they do. And my, now my books, I put like whole families in a book and and they really enjoy that. And my books go from pre-K to uh, sixth and seventh grade. And so mm-hmm. the child can grow up with the book. And that is actually something that I've been told a lot is until we had the pandemic, I was the visiting author for our local school district. They do the um, author. And so the students submit their work and then each grade level, level they publish their books and then they have an awards thing at the end and I'm, I'm there. And so the families will come and they'll say, oh, I have that book and that book. What did you do this year? And then they'll tell me that, you know, their child reads my book every night. They're, they're, wrote, they're written in rote and they all have the same basic style because they have a lot of historical facts, um, science facts, and it's easier to retain the information based on rote so when sometimes when people get the book they think oh it's not like a storybook you know no it's an educational book and so that's and it's based on the days of the week the months of the year so every month the queen has a new friend and it's a new subject and Mm -hmm. there are facts from that subject and there's something that I started doing and I usually add two disabilities in each story and the main thing I say about that is that The child in the story is living their life. Like one is at the Volcanic National Park and he has a communication device. So he's teaching the queen how to use his communication device. And I do it that way so that when children are reading the story or adults, they see that the child in the story is going to school, learning about other things. You know, it's not about the child's disability. It's about the child. And that I like to emphasize. And something, um, I stopped counting at 41. At some point, I'm going to sit down and write down everything, how many awards I actually have. But I just actually got back from the Action on Film Film Festival that was held in Vegas. It was uh, last week. And I entered my books into the Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival. And the series won the Special Recognition Champion Award. And so I was just given that award last week. And I also, I have a book that's not part of the series It's called Dragon's Breath, but it was written about an experience that happened to me. And it's about a dragon who gets upset and angry and hurts the villagers and the king has to figure out who it is. And it's kind of like a fairy tale with some morality in it. It teaches about kindness and not hurting other people. And that book won best written work in the Miracle Makers Film Festival. So I was, and they played, I have two book trailers that they played on the big screen. So that was really exciting.
0: That is powerful. Oh my goodness. To just go from, eh, I think I'll write a book to actually winning awards and then winning awards. that are international. Yes, I, oh my goodness.
1: I, and it, after entering that, because I didn't even know like you could enter film festivals, I saw her on Facebook, the director, and I asked her, well, can I enter my books? And she's like, yes. And so I started, I have a book trailer. It's based in Hawaii. And they put in a lot of my actual pictures. And so I started entering it and film festivals all over the world. And I won in, in Bali and India, and I won one in um, Italy and I was getting ready to go to work one day and they were announcing the winners in Italian, which I do not know, but I recognized my name. (laughs) And so it was really exciting. And they sent me the award and it was um, it's a ceramic volcano. And And so it's it's really just it's just neat to know that your work is appreciated around the world. Uh, My books are in libraries and schools in Africa. I've gotten videos and pictures of children reading my books. I have a video of a little girl. It was her birthday, and I'm not sure where in Africa she was, but she was reading my Alaska book on her birthday to her classmate, and her teacher was kind enough to film it and send it to me, and that's just exciting. I have a friend that teaches in Washington State, and he um, he teaches special ed, but it's it's the, it's families that have moved here from Somalia and Mm -hmm. learning English, they're learning work skills. And so they use my book and I just sent him another 12 books to use in his program.
0: And that's exciting to me. Yes, it is exciting. Absolutely. Now who inspired you? I know you talked a little bit about your grandmother. Um, you talked about, you know, your, Co-workers and such that kind of gave you that nudge that you needed to get out there. But on a day to day, uh, as you continue to write, where do you find your inspiration?
1: Um, well, an example would be I had a friend and she had, she was my best friend and she had passed away and I had visited her family about 10 years ago in Wyoming and her her father and I kind of talked about, he was like my second dad. And we kind of talked about writing a book and all this. This was like 10 years ago. And so he actually contacted me um, during the pandemic. And he said, when are we writing the book? And I'm like, oh, you really want to write the book. Okay. So I went out there, just took, just got back a few weeks ago from this two-week road trip. And we went back there and I got pictures of you know, the family and got information about the family. And they took me around and told me what they do. I did not know that moose and elk, they their antlers fall off every year and they grow new ones. I did not know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I learned a lot of information that's going to be in the book. And as soon as right now, we're finishing up a book I wrote in Tucson. And that book came from um, a friend of mine. I met him when I was 16. And he actually recontacted me through my brother for the school district. And we started talking. And he lived, at that time, he lived in Tucson. So I would attend the book festival in tu- at the Tucson University where he worked. And it would be huge. It, there'd be like 10,000 people there. And then he, con- he connected me with uh, this amazing bed and breakfast in Tucson, Hacienda Linda. So amazing. we started a book while we, I was going there. And, you know, life got in the way and we didn't finish it. So we just finished it over the pandemic. We're finishing up the, the illustrations. And it's based on the Hacienda Linda, this woman's a bed and breakfast. It's just amazing, and so that's how it just becomes inspiring. It's just someone will ask me, "Hey, can we write a book about this?" Or my tr- family travels a lot together. While we were having the pandemic, my children are all in their 30s, and they I have six grandchildren now. And my children set up a bunch of camping trips. While we were about once a month or so, we would go camping somewhere. So we went to Zion and the Grand Canyon and the Sequoias and some smaller places in San Diego. And so just being there with my family and seeing, you know, some, some of the children and grandchildren are riding their bicycles on the rim of the Grand Canyon. Others of us took a hike. We went go-kart riding and swimming and all of that's going to be in a book someday. I'm, I'm not writing it right this second because I have some other ones I'm writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the inspiration of, several years ago we took there's a train from williams arizona to the grand canyon and it was just a big family trip my mom wanted everybody to go on i believe there were 19 of us at that time and so over the pandemic i actually got to write it and originally i was going to write it about the grand canyon but then i just i decided i needed some more pre-k books to read for like events so i made it pre-k and i made it about the train ride and then after we were done with the train ride, we went back, put our pajamas on, and got on the Polar Express. So we got to ride with Santa Claus and listen to the story. And so Christmas is in the book, in the Polar Express. And that came out, I believe it came out last year when I got it published. But it just came from a family trip we were on.
0: Amazing. I love how you take everyday life and you breathe life into it and make it an adventure and share with us. Certainly that takes a gift and not everybody or anybody can do that. Um, Thank you so much for sharing with us. Now, you told us about a few of your characters. Um, Would you share with us a little bit um, about you were saying how your book is wrote and how you and your characters, understanding that the queen is the one that's always visiting. But just some other characters, please, would you share?
1: Okay, I have a book. I have a friend who I grew up with who moved to Kona, Hawaii. And I spent a lot of time visiting him and his wife. His wife grew up in Kona. And so I actually have written two books. And the first book I wrote on Kona, it's called Queen Bernita Visits the Islands of Enchantment. Mm-hmm. And he is Jeff, See, Captain Jeff. And his wife is Enchantress Carrie. So they are the main characters within the book for Hawaii. And so Jeff and Carrie are showing the queen their island. I also wrote a book with my brother, who is an astronomer up here in the mountains. He watches how close the asteroids come to our planet. That's not the technical name for what he does, but that's a more understanding name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, I think that was the third book I wrote. So he wrote that one with me, and it's called Sir Heathy Bean, the Astronomer. And his name is Heath. But when he was little, we called him Heathy Bean. So that's where Sir Heathy Bean came from. And he wanted to be the nutty professor. He wanted to have the wild hair and the bunny slippers. And so that is what he has inside of the book. And so he's teaching the queen all about um, the astronomy. So every page is a new planet. And they're learning seven facts. And in that book, I have Down syndrome and cerebral palsy, I believe. And those characters are also real people.
0: Amazing. Amazing. You know, many times as we go throughout, um, you know, just our daily life, we're going to the grocery store, to the mall or whatever we're allowed to do now with this pandemic. And, you know, we'll see someone that has a disability and it's always um, awkward. You know, like, especially if you have your children, usually they'll stare or they'll ask questions and you don't really know what to say. What I love the most about your book and um, the one that my daughter loves is Queen Vernita Visits Gator Country. But um, love how you just make everybody's human. Right. Even though we may not have our quote unquote um, cognitive abilities or disabilities on display, you know, like you said, everybody's valuable. And I love how you just integrated and we're not separated, whether it's, you know, color, race, gender, a disability, ability. We're just all people and we all have the same needs. And I love how you bring all that together and not just one, but your entire series of books. Yeah. That's
1: that's the way I like to present my students and and the children in my books, they're people. Mm-hmm. they're people who have a disability. So sometimes we forget and make them, make the disability the precursor rather than that it's a person. And my mentor from when I got my credential, she's the one who emphasized that to us. You know, they're, we're working with people, children, families, and they have disabilities. And I also I'm a lecturer at the local university, and I also mentor other teachers. And I also was going up to Sacramento for several years. I went once a month, and I went up to Sacramento and worked with other teachers and um, working on the standardized tests. And so we were up there advocating for our, for our students. And mm-hmm. you know, I've just spent the last twenty some years just advocating. And people ask me a lot if I'm going to write a book, just like on disabilities, and I haven't wanted to do that, and I actually just kind of figured out why I didn't want to do it, and it's it's because of that, because then the book would be about disabilities rather than a book about children who are living their lives, whatever they're Mm -hmm. doing, if they're at the Volcanic National Park or if they're camping or they're in Alaska. Um, And then if it was just about disabilities, it would be about the disabilities rather than the actual people. And so I have not
0: wanted to do that. Absolutely. And I'm grateful that you haven't because we see that on a daily, you know, and like I said, it makes it less awkward. Um, It's educational for all of us. And it reminds us that, like you said, we're all just people. And we all have the same basic needs and we're all valuable in some way. We all have talents and gifts, you know, that we can share with each other. And certainly you've shared yours with the world. Oh, my goodness. Please tell me how you felt when you got notification of your first award.
1: Well, my publisher actually um, submitted it. So I was just shocked. It's like It was within the first like month or two that I published the book. And I'm like, I got an award, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and so it's just, um, I just kind of went from there and, and something I did was I joined a lot of, if there's any authors out there, I joined the SCBWI at society of children's books, writers, and illustrators. And I started attending their conferences and they have this huge conference twice a year, one in LA and one in New York city. I've been to both of them and their workshops. And they are the neatest people. I mean, you're sitting there and you're talking to people and then you find out they're like New York Times bestselling authors or they're Newbery Award winners. or And you're like, i just sitting on lunch just talking to me about books, you know. And they don't, you know, it's just a really neat place. And so if anybody wants to be an author, that's the first step I would suggest I also joined the United States Board on Books for Young Ch- Children. It's international. And I did attend their conference in New York City. And I'm also on the committee where we pick the best books for or about people with disabilities. And they're usually children, they're children's books. And so I'm on that committee. So I And I also got connected with an educational magazine called Story Monster. And I do a lot of events with them. They're out at Tempe, Arizona. And so I did a lot of driving to Tempe. They're wonderful people. I love them. And I do book reviews for them. And I also judge some of their literary contests. So Mm. my author journey has expanded from just publishing one book to um, just really just getting out there and meeting just all sorts of people. I've been interviewed with people from Jamaica and Africa
0: and New Zealand. And it's just been so amazing. You know, it sounds like an adventure. And, you know, the road that you're traveling, you'll never run out of content to write. So we'll be able to enjoy you forever.
1: That's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear that your daughter was reading my book because that's one thing that authors don't get to, unless you write a review or you contact the author. You don't know who's, you know, people might buy your book and they might put it on a shelf and not read it. And you do not know if they liked your book, what did they get out of it? And so we, if you could send me a picture of her, that that would be great, you know, tell or telling me what she liked about the book. The New Orleans one, I went there for my birthday. And it was pour, either pouring rain or it was very hot. And we stayed in the Garden District. Mm-hmm. And took, every day we took the trolley down to the main part, the French Quarter, and it was just amazing. And we went into the bayou twice, and the first time we went in a jet boat, and that's one of the pictures that's in there. We went in a jet boat, and it was thundering and lightning. So we had to hide underneath a big tree filled with moss and wait until it had stopped. And the guide took, took, there was like six of us on there, and he took us on. He stopped like on top of just like this mound of grass. And he gets out and he starts making this really weird noise. And we're like, what is he doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like you see in the movies, you see those big eyes that come up out of the water. They, oh, would, yeah. they did that. They came up. So then there's these alligators. And he starts feeding them. And they come within, I'm going to say, two feet of him. And I was just a foot, maybe a foot from him inside the boat. So it was, it was up close and it was amazing. And then he takes out this baby alligator and hands it to us. And so I'm holding this baby alligator and I'm petting its stomach, you know. And when I posted the picture, um, someone says, well, you know, they bite. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about them biting me when I was holding it. <laughs> you know, it was just like, wow, you know, it was really amazing. Yeah. And if you read the Conquer one, I had, I like to play contests. And so I, we had taken my family to Oahu And I wanted to go swimming in a shark cage. So we drove to the North shore, all of us, and we went out in a boat about 10 miles out. They put this huge cage into the water, like you see in the movies, Mm -hmm. a huge cage in the water. So we went, we went into the cage. I went in with the boys, um, on the the first time and my older daughter was standing outside the boat and she was feeding the sharks to bring them. So she saw a different view of the sharks than we did. Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't get into the cage after that. She was really scared because she saw the part where they were eating the food, <laughs> but it was just amazing. And so that's in there. So uh, almost everything in my book we have done.
0: That is amazing. Amazing. Tell us, please, what is next for you, Dr. Minge?
1: Well, like I said, my Tucson book should be out um, hopefully by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm starting the one on Wyoming and that will take me a little while to do. And I'm going to keep entering the film festivals. And hopefully, hopefully we will start being able to do some in-person book, book events. People are starting to do them. So maybe I'll get to start doing some of those. And going back to work, Monday morning my students are coming. So that will keep me
0: busy. Yes, yes, it is that time. Now, where can the audience purchase your books?
1: I have a website, Dr. Don Menge. My Facebook is Don Menge one And if you go into my Facebook, if you, each book has an album. If you go into the album, you can see the actual pictures of the trips. Because my illustrator takes actual pictures and turns them into an illustration. Mm-hmm. And I have an Instagram, Don Menge, and a Twitter, Queen Bernita. And my publisher is Rushmore Press.
0: All right. Wonderful, wonderful. And so um, I'd like to thank you so very much for joining us uh, here on Purifying Truths, for sharing the gems with us. Not only are you a teacher and an author, which is more than some of us uh, have achieved or conquered, but you are pouring back into our community and teaching that everybody's valuable. I mean, that's the lesson that I got today, no matter what else is going on, you too are valuable. And that aligns with, of course, what I um, stand for and believe in that, you know, we're all stars and we have to shine bright and you are definitely shining bright. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. And so... Um, as far as just one, just one more thing, as far as your website, are we able to purchase from there as well?
1: Yeah, there, there are links, but not all of my books are on there yet. So the best bet is to go to Amazon, Amazon. Google, Google my name, Are mm-hmm. uh, they're out there in Walmart and Target and Barnes and Noble. You can just Google the book or my name and then it'll, it'll show you where it's available. Or I if, ch- you want, if you want an author signed copy, you can contact me on Facebook. And I will send you an author signed copy. They're available in ebooks and audiobook
0: too. Oh, amazing, amazing. Okay, well, I didn't know about the e and the audio, but I did know they weren't all on your site. And I wanted to make sure that the audience knew that they could get them on Amazon as well, because that's where I purchased mine from. So there you have it. Get the books, people. It will be a must read you'll continue it'll just draw you in you'll continue to want to read the next and the next and the next and it's not just some fantasy as you heard today it's real life once again thank you so much for joining purifying truths thank you for having me you're more than welcome my pleasure bye And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A star Tune in every Saturday for exciting new guests who illuminate the world. You can contact A star at Facets of a Star on Facebook and Instagram. You can also reach FacetsOfAStar.com. Shine bright!